I'm Lisa Salters at the Meadowlands, where Green Bay will try to strengthen its blossoming playoff prospects with a fourth consecutive win. A 2-5 and five start left the Packers with just a 6% chance to make the postseason. But a 4-1 and one stretch has skyrocketed that probability to 68% today. Green Bay also has the NFL's easiest remaining schedule. And more holiday cheer for Packers fans. They've won their last 16 games played in December. Now it's time for Around the Horn. Thank you, Lisa. Kadarius Tony. More than a toe and knee over the line. I'm not insulted as a habitual line stepper. I'm insulted as a Tony. We have a whole to re react to with another game, and we're talking about the refs, man. It's just not what we want for, really, for the NFL for football. I've been embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. What it means today. And also, yeah, here we are. Here we go. Yep, Cowboys traps the Eagles and Demarcus Lawrence's message to the league. In the face, over and over and over and over again. Yeah, mute him in the face. And when they quit, hit him again and again and again and and again again and again. Let's go around the horn. I love that. (laughs) That's what I like to do with Isola when he's on the bench. I've played seven years and never had that, never had offense all sides called. They, they warn you, and there was no warning throughout the entire game. Um, and then you wait till there's a minute left in the game to make a call like that. Regardless if we win or lose, man, just just for the, the end of, with another game and we're talking about the rest. But wait, there was more. I, I never use any of this as excuses, but normally I get a warning before something like that happens in a big game. Um, a bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. And still even more. Like I said, man, that's a Hall of Fame tight end making a Hall of Fame play that won't be shown because we threw a flag on for an offensive offsides. And still even more quote board edition. Jarek McKinnon said the refs had it out for us tonight, huh? Mahomes and Reed and the champs like you've never seen them before. Buffalo 20, Kansas City 17. Here's the play in question, of course. Could have been one of the great plays of all time, but it wasn't. George, can Mahomes and Reed and KC react the way they did? And what does it mean that they did? Tony, I'm throwing a flag on them. They crossed the line with their reaction in that postgame yesterday. It sounded very whiny, to be honest with you, for a team that historically, at least in fans' eyes, feels like they've gotten the benefit of the doubt more times than not. It, It just was weird considering they had the time to see, potentially, in theory, what transpired. And it wasn't just Kadarius Toney. Look at the other side of the line. Jawan Taylor was lined off, lined up too far off the line. You could have thrown a flag on that situation as well. I, I just don't understand their position on this. Yes, they've had some issues with the officials, particularly in Green Bay, but didn't mean they were, they were going to win that game either. And... This, to me, is all about them just being upset and furious about the combination of things that have happened to them on offense. The offense is not as good, and it's particularly because of the receivers. So I'm not surprised that eventually they exploded, but I just don't think it's a good look for them. Gordy Cronin to you now on the call on the field and the way Kansas City reacted and reacted and reacted. And the reaction today from Andy Reid was that Kadarius Tony he admitted he did not check with the official to make sure that he was aligned properly, which the official doesn't need to, like, warn him about in that moment. Be like, oh, by the way, line up here. It's not like you've been playing football for decades at this point. If you read the pool report, 
they the officials on site provided a really detailed explanation that Kadarius Tony was so egregiously offside, so far into the neutral zone that his body blocked the officials' view of the ball. So that should tell you everything you need to know. To me, the misplaced anger from Patrick Mahomes is a sign of bigger issues within this offense. We know that they're not really a disciplined group. They lead the league in receiver drops, despite the fact that 52% of Mahomes' passes are arriving to his receivers with three degrees of separation, three yards of separation. So it's not necessarily on him. It's everybody else failing him within this offense that's gone from first to 11th in points per game from Eric Bieniemy to Matt Nagy. Mahomes could be frustrated. Andy Reid could be frustrated. Kevin, how did you hear the reaction at the podium after the game? I thought it was sour grapes. I thought that they were trying to spin it to their advantage because everybody loves Kansas City and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is everyone's favorite quarterback. But here's the thing that Patrick Mahomes didn't point out in his last seven years. They've lost three of their last four games. For the second time in the Patrick Mahomes era, they've already lost five games and they got four to go. And for the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era, they are staring at being a playoff team on the road. So that is what is eating at them, and that's what came over and what, what exploded um, over the edge in this particular game. Uh, who was at fault here? Patrick Mahomes was partly at fault. How many times do you see a quarterback come out and check to make sure everybody's in the right position? Of course, Tony was um, at fault here for not getting back after he looked down the line. And what about Creed Humphrey, the center, who looks both ways? He could have been someone who could have indicated that somebody was not in the right position. So this was a complete collapse on the part of the offense. And, by the way, Mahomes, that wasn't fourth down. They still had another down to play. So they could have I'm sensing there is unanimity here, but I'll go to Pablo Torre first on the call on the field and then the reaction and reaction from behind the city. Tony, I've been waiting, uh, sort of listening to everybody talk, and I've been trying to figure out, is there a way I can spin this in the favor of the Kansas City Chiefs? And it is damning that there really is none. There really, uh, Tony, what I want to point out is this. KB sort of buried the lead here in his laundry list of people who deserve blame. Kadarius Tony deserves blame. This is the guy who made the play, who caught that ball, and he's the same guy that resulted in this whole conversation. And look, the thing about Patrick Mahomes is that it sounded like he expected a quid pro quo here. Remember, George alluded to this. Last week, Green Bay, he says, you know what? Didn't mind the call, the non-call, whatever. I like the idea that we're allowed to play. He comes out and he's like, where is my back being scratched? I did you guys a solid. I got nothing. And he was so mad. It seemed as a result of it, the guy he should have been mad at, say with me again, Kadarius. Right. So it, it, unanimous, 100 of 100, that player was offsides on that play. It doesn't matter that in the 25,000 offensive snaps in the history of Andy Reid coaching before, there had never been an offensive offsides. This was one that needed to be called. You all agree on that. Let me ask, let me ask a, a, a quick follow-up, Courtney, because you said something as we were sitting down. We've seen the greatest players of all time. Tom Brady used to go crazy on the sideline. We've seen LeBron James in another sport go to his knees after a bad call against the Boston Celtics a few years ago. But did this kind of change your overall, maybe not the way you view Mahomes as a person, but just view Mahomes? 
I know I speak for 31 other teams here who have seen a lot of calls go Patrick Mahomes' way. He didn't have any issue with uh, getting hit in bounds last week and accepting that 15-yard penalty in Green Bay, which ended up helping the Chiefs outside of that drop that uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had. But the demonstrative behavior, him yelling and screaming and throwing his helmet, like, we give this credence to passion in sports. To me, he was throwing a tantrum like a child in that moment. Anybody want to give credit to the Buffalo Bills for going into Kansas City and reviving their season? Okay, let's do that, George Sedano. And we could just look at this Josh Allen extend the play to the sidelines play, which is just mesmerizing. Go ahead, George. Tony, he's a one-man show at this point, particularly on offense, because it doesn't feel like there's anyone else they can really count on. Even Stephon Diggs yesterday didn't perform the way you would expect him to perform. So they have certainly answered the bell at a time where everybody was riding them off. They still have a very difficult schedule down the stretch, but they are the one team. If I'm one of those top seeds in the AFC, I don't want to see them in the first round. Yeah, they were 1-3 entering this game, Tony. The biggest winner of the whole Mahomes discourse is, of course, Sean McDermott. Remember, the guy who used the 9-11 hijackers as a teachable, you know, motivational tool. No one even remembers that at this point because we've been talking so much about the call. Still not in the playoffs. There's a tiebreaker, and they're going to need to win some more games. But I think George is right. Who would want to meet them? In the wild card round, we'll move on. Cowboys dismantling the Eagles. The other huge headline from this week. Philadelphia's lost two straight. Offense looks lost. Defense has been trucked the last two games. Tough to say a 10-3 team is scuffling, but maybe you will. On the other side, a December to remember for Dallas. Jerry says it's time to Dak get his due. And Demarcus Lawrence was saying a whole lot more after the game. One more time. I need to hear this. In the face, over and over and over and over again until they quit. And when they quit, hit them again and again and again and again. <laughs> Courtney, number one takeaway from Cowboys 33, Eagles 13. The Eagles are in trouble. They've been outscored 75-32 by the two teams they are in direct competition for, for the number one overall seed. And you go back to that 49ers game, they allowed six straight touchdowns on six possessions to end that game. And then in the first half, Dallas scores on all four of its possessions. Dak was tremendous yesterday. The MVP... The MVP is basically his at this point. Mm. We're going to talk about Brock Purdy, okay. but I think that, right. that, that Dak Prescott sealed it for me yesterday with the performance of the year in the game of the year for the Dallas Cowboys. Devin Blackstone, takeaway. Well, it reminds everyone that Dallas is very good in Dallas. I mean, what, averaging 41 points there, 5-0. Uh, and 0. Didn't lose a game there in 2022, by the way. And Dak Prescott is pretty much good everywhere, 28 touchdowns to just six picks. And uh, yesterday was just, just fabulous again. Um, so that's what it means. They're still 3-3 three and three away from Dallas, and that's got to be concerning. They still score 17 fewer points away from Dallas. That's got to be concerning. But right now... And after yesterday, they can crow all they want. Am I worried about the Eagles? Uh, I'm not. San Francisco, the Dallas home record, I can kind of understand some of that. Pablo Torre. I would be worried about the Eagles if I was the Eagles. The Eagles are now in this morass of teams that seem like they could be good sometimes. And the Cowboys were that team when they lost the Eagles in Week 9. Since then, 5-0, and led the NFL in scoring. But my biggest takeaway, Tony, I think is that I just noticed Demarcus Lawrence wearing a chain that had Demarcus Lawrence on it which is a remarkable thing when it comes to just jewelry and self-branding. <laughs>
George Sedano, takeaway from last night, Cowboys over the Eagles. Tony, after that week nine game, I was on the show and I said that these two teams are close, that I know the Cowboys are an easy punching bag, but they were literally inches away from winning on the road. I do think that game is more representative of where these two teams are than this one, though. Dallas's defense is hellacious. We know that. We know the home record, as KB pointed out. But ultimately, three turnovers by the three best players from the Eagles, to me, I, I thought was a bit of an outlier. I don't see that happening. A.J. Brown, though, losing the one-on-one -on -one battles two weeks in a row, I think that's key for their offense to get the rest of their offense going. They do have to fix the defense because a quarter of the season left. Okay, okay so they have this. to fix the defense. Uh, the turnovers, you think, is, is it can go either way, although Jalen Hurts has set a career high for turnovers, and there's still a month to play. Pablo, I'll give you a last word here. Yeah, speaking of fixing things, Mike McCarthy, Tony, feels a pain in his body on Wednesday. Gets his appendix out later that same day, coaching, winning this giant <laughs> game on Sunday. Pretty impressive. And Courtney had Dak as the MVP, and she locked it down. Pablo, are you with that? Kevin, you? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Wow. Tyreek Tyre Hill. We'll talk more Tyre about MVP Hill. next in by ourselves. Around the Horn is presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of Happy Hours. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase. Yeah, shocks from Shohei Otani to the Dodgers. When else has someone broken the news themselves and apologized for it taking so long? The Dodgers haven't even announced it yet. By the way, Blue Jays got to start the guy from Shark Tank now. Those are the rules. There's that and the number that Jeff Passan reported, $700 million for 10 years, just lapping any other deal in the sports and in sports ever. George, what is this? What is it, Tony? It's welcome to Hollywood, Shohei Otani. You were kind of buried in Orange County. Now you're really in the spotlight with the team that has probably the best constructor of teams in the sport currently. He did it with the Tampa Bay Rays many years ago with a small budget. Now he can do it with a big budget, and they should be the favorite to win the World Series for the next several years because of And is there any sticker shock for $700 million in Los Angeles, George? No, Tony, come on. Okay. I mean, you go down Rodeo Drive. Oh, yeah, people, sure. It's falling out of people's pockets. What are you talking about? <laughs> Courtney Cronin, $700 million? 
He went to the place with the best resources for him to win in his eyes with the Dodgers and the place that could pay him the most money. The Dodgers are taking a gamble here, though. They didn't pay $700 million for a DH, which is what he's going to be in 2024. They're banking that that UCL injury that he's coming back from will allow him to pitch in 2025. If he's not able to pitch, if we find out that this is not a guarantee, that he's not able to come back to form as a two-way player, he's got to head to the outfield so they can make sure they get that full return on investment. If he can't pitch, is there full return on an investment at $70 million a year? Kevin Blackstone to you on the sticker shock or just that the deal happened this way? Nah, it's no more sticker shock. I mean, this is just this is just monopoly money at this oh, point okay. in sports. But, no the thing I, sure. but what I think about with Otani is just what we just heard from Courtney. I mean, here's a guy with a second Tommy John. What do the Dodgers need most? They need pitching. Do you remember what they did with the Diamondbacks? They got they were absolutely out of that series before it even started, and he can't pitch next year. Good luck with that. Woo, Pablo Torre. So the money isn't a true $700 million because he's deferring a bunch of that with inflation adjusted. It's going to be closer to $40 or $50 million oh, sure, a year sure, sure. for Jeff Passan's reporting. So that's important just as a context matter. But the other aspect of it, Tony, is that I think we should probably contract the Angels. They are in this city. They had this guy for years, and they had no shot in keeping him. What are we even doing with that team anymore? Why even have it at least where it all is? Right, all right, all right. I mean, we talked enough about So nobody was shocked when they saw the number 700 here. Did, did this? No. Tony, you know why? What? Because Over he's arguably years. the best hitter. He's arguably the best hitter in baseball, and when he's healthy, he's arguably I'm the best familiar with his so You combine those two okay. numbers together, and you get it. <laughs> I mean, we hadn't seen this from Messi. We hadn't seen this from anybody. Also, the IRS signed a great deal here, too. Ten years, $350 million for Fair. the IRS. Yes. We'll move on. 49ers, 28, Seahawks, 16. Let's go back to the conversation we were just having because Brock Purdy is leading MVP odds right now or it's Zach Prescott. It's alternating every single throw, it seems like. But on the opposite side of Brock Purdy's argument are those that say he's a system quarterback. Trent Williams is Pro Bowl all NFL Lyman said he doesn't want to hear anybody call him a system quarterback. Courtney, is this system QB, no system QB debate still ongoing with Purdy, or has he ended it with his second year of excellence now? He's ended it because he's having one of the best season statistically for a quarterback completing 70.2% of his passes that leads the league just a smidge above where Tua is in 9.9 yards per attempt. The only other quarterback who's reached figures that high, Joe Montana, 1989, the year that he won the Super Bowl. The reason that the system quarterback element comes into play here is because of the horses that they have on offense. If you didn't watch that game yesterday in full and you look at the box score, you think, man, they did all right, but it didn't take, it took until the second half for this offense to get going because they had four players who had catches or runs of 44 yards or more, and that aids in Brock Purdy's overall view of him as a quarterback. And in your personal MVP, do you take him a tick down under Dak because of that? Because you just said Dak was MVP. Yeah, I still have Dak as my MVP, and I believe that just because of the numbers that Dak is putting up this season and the way that he's winning games, that's what puts him. KB, uh, how about you? For my estimation. Oh, no, I love I love Purdy, and he is a system quarterback. You know what his system is? It's one that everybody should adopt. He gets the football to the most explosive players on offense. If it's not Debo Samuel, then it, maybe it's Ayuk. If it's not Ayuk, then maybe it's McCaffrey. That's the guys that he uses. And, oh, yeah, George Kittle, by the way. That's a great offense. I love that Pablo system. Torre. Yeah, I think we're still seeing Purdy through the lens of the whole Mr. Irrelevant thing. 
It kind of feels like, okay, he's not really that guy. Talk to people who play with him and against him. He is that guy. And that guy, in this case specifically, is not Jimmy Garoppolo. We've run this experiment before. It looks very different when it's not Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is the perfect pilot for this offense. Donna. Tony, being a system player isn't that bad of a deal. You know who were system players when they started their career? Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. Those guys were looked at as game managers. But Brock Purdy has... Four guys on pace to have over 800 yards and at least five touchdowns this season. He's got a ton of weapons to work with. That's not a bad thing. George Sedano, Pablo Torre, thank you for your time today. Courtney Cronin, Kevin Blackstone. Showdown next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Around the Horn is presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of happy hour. Road and Flagstone. Good luck in showdown. One of the more surprising outcomes of the week. Bears 28, Lions 13. And now a question I've asked before. Is it possible they are who we thought they were? Or they aren't who they weren't? We thought they weren't. What is happening here with the Lions? Courtney, two losses in three weeks. Their defense is regressing. They allowed 18 unanswered for the Bears to come back and win this game. And offensively, they had five straight possessions in the second half where they didn't generate more than seven net yards on any of them. That's bad. Are you worried? If if you're a Lions fan, you're starting to get jitters. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Jared Goff, a fumble and two picks, that's kind of who you didn't want him to be. So you're a little bit nervous. Mm. Uh, point. Stone for the analysis. Two points. Cronin for covering the game. That's how you get points on this show. We'll move on. Ravens beating the Rams in overtime. Tylen Wallace, 76-yard punt return. There aren't walk-off touchdowns in overtime. They're runoff touchdowns. Miami, Monday Night Football tonight, with a win, will be the one seed. But Baltimore, currently the one seed in the AFC. KB, is that the best team in conference, the Baltimore Ravens? Best team in football. Their defense is stout. Their offense can score with Lamar Jackson. And now they just reminded you they got the best special teams in the NFL as well to go along with Justin Tucker as a kicker. 300 yards for Lamar Jackson, three touchdowns to three different receivers, 70 rushing yards on the ground. Not only the best team in the AFC, but the best team in the AFC with the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Blackstone, San Francisco is on line one for you with what you just said about the best team in the league, which means Courtney Crowe. 
What's better than turning yourself into a meme? Having your grievance remixed into a fat beat. That's what happened to Warriors coach Steve Kerr. He was recently complaining about the environment inside Footprint Center during a loss to the, to the Phoenix Suns. So the Phoenix Suns DJ took his words complaining about thumping techno music in the South Beach vibes into a Benny Benassi classic and played it during Friday's game. See you tomorrow. Happy hour.